welcome back to the Futures Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Lenehan, and today I'm speaking with Amy Anderson, founder of Fashion Label, Kindred of Ireland. Amy has combined her rich family history and heritage in textiles with her passion for aiding those who have been victims of human trafficking. Her beautiful and thoughtful label is made with sustainable materials, most of which have been created here in Ireland. And today, October 18th, 2020, to mark Anti-Slavery Day, Amy is launching a special piece to help raise funds for Flourish, an Irish charity who helps those who have been trafficked regroup and re-establish themselves in society. Amy's label really is the future of fashion. She's combined elegant craftsmanship with a strong social conscience, and I can't wait to share her story with you. If you're enjoying the podcast, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this episode with a friend. Over to my conversation with Amy. So lovely to connect with you this morning. I believe you're in County Down, so I know you guys are in a little bit of a stricter lockdown, but this will be a nice escape for both of us from the realities of what's going on in the world, because I can't wait to chat to you about, about what you do. So how are you keeping, first of all? How's everything up there? Yes, I've been keeping really well. I've been kept busy over the last few weeks um, with like orders and things that I've um, over at lockdown things really picked up for my business. So yeah, it's been um, it's been going really well. I have a little boy who is 20 months old and he is pretty um, energetic and requires all of my time. So um, yeah, it's been interesting kind of trying to balance like everything with my husband is working from home as well and I'm kind of working from home up in my studio. So um, yeah, it's been interesting, but but fun for sure. Well, on but fun. That's that's a good way <laughs> to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> you have so many fascinating facets to the business, but maybe for people who are listening who haven't heard of you, can you take us right back and tell us a little bit about why you started designing? I know your family is quite entrenched with the textile industry, so maybe you can talk a little bit about what kicked it all off for you. Of course, yeah. So I guess um, I kind of grew up with like just surrounded by the stories and so the linen industry employed a lot of my kind of family members, my granddad, my great uncle, my great aunt. It was really just a part of our kind of family um, story and I, I kind of grew up really surrounded by just very aware of that history um, and my granddad and my um, great aunt and great uncle would have told me stories of working in the linen mill. So I grew up in Dungannon, which is in County Tyrone, which was a real hub um, for the textile industry um, in Mogashal there. It was like a massive um, linen mill. So um, yeah, I guess it was just always really a part of um, my story and my family's story and then one time I was um going through some like old photos and kind of newspaper cuttings and things that my um like back then people really held on to that kind of stuff um, and my, my great uncle had like scrapbooks full of all this and um, all these kind of things and my I came across this really interesting newspaper cutting of my grandmother who actually she died whenever my dad was like five years old so I never met her but she was um, 
in the, the photograph of the newspaper cutting, she was around, um, I think, like 18 or 19. And she was spinning linen in the, in the photograph. It was like the Tyrone kind of paper. And so that kind of sparked this like thing in me where I was, I had also never met her. And so it was that kind of thing where I was like, oh, it's so, it, it was such an insight into her life, but also the really rich textile heritage that we have here. And like at that point in my life, I like there was no one I really knew who was employed by the industry as far as I knew it had kind of really completely like died you know and so it was just this like window into the past for me whenever I seen that and I then began to really and like just research and kind of like ask more questions to people who I kind of knew who had been involved in that that kind of um, part of our heritage and yeah it just kind of became something that I was really um, just really kind of interested in and and so out of that then I um, just kind of always had this desire to maybe put my kind of desire to like design clothes and and that was always quite kind of a, a passion of mine kind of like put that spin on it you know. I don't know if I've answered your question. Yeah, you totally have. It sounds like there was just a deep connection that just, as you say, sparked in you and drew to it. But, you know, it's one thing to have a connection and feel like it's something you're really interested in, but you must have, obviously that DNA worked because you must have been really good when you did start to try your hand at it. When did you start to realize that you actually were pretty handy at doing it? Well, my great aunt, she was a really amazing seamstress. Um, and I would have watched her kind of like, she, she would have created a lot of costumes for me and my little brother and um, growing up through school and I would have helped her with those. So that was kind of, I guess, around the age of like, I can't even remember, gosh, like around five years old, I would have um, become familiar with that. So she kind of taught me um, a few kind of things. And then it was really just kind of self-taught until I went to uni. I studied fashion and textiles at Belfast School of Art. Um, and I guess there I kind of became like a, a little bit more familiar with using like industrial machines and um, I had amazing tutors who taught us a lot more like technical stuff so yeah I guess that that was I went to uni in like in 2014 so I guess over that kind of three or four year period I um, really kind of refined my like sewing skills and designing skills and all of that but it, it was always something that was really kind of there I would have been sketching my mum was like so into her style and fashion so I grew up around her like putting outfits together and just it, it has always just been such a part of um like who I am I guess. So you had a great experience in uni honed your skills and then I know you spend some time in China I can't wait for you to tell me about this. This sounds fascinating. Did yes. Yeah. So um, that was actually before I went to uni. I took a gap year between school and university, and I went away with uh, it's a missions organization called YWAM Youth with a Mission. And um, so it's kind of it, it was split up into two parts. It was a six month course, and I for the first three months I was in California. And the last three months I w was in China and that was kind of like our almost like outreach kind of thing and um, where we kind of volunteered. So in China, I um, had the privilege of working with a business that was quite well established out there. It was called Starfish and um, it was a jewelry company. 
who um so they made really beautiful jewelry but their kind of model was um that they em employed um individuals who had kind of broken out of trafficking and um, in china that particularly in the area that i was in it was a real problem and a, re a real thing so they um the, the ladies who started it were amazing they would have spent time kind of out in the streets of like building relationships and um, to come and, and make jewelry they would have trained them and so during the time that i was there i um kind of helped with that and we would have like taught english and just kind of spent time building relationships and um, it, it was it was brilliant so i i guess that was and um, probably the thing that really started like began that real like passion in me to kind of combine fashion and um, with this kind of like fight against modern day slavery which um was something that my eyes had hugely been open to over there and yeah I guess that like combining those two passions kind of have, have led me to where I am today and um, yeah it's such a unique place to come at starting a fashion brand and it's so exciting because I think more and more companies are starting from a point of social conscience now but even back in I mean I know you started the company in 2018 but I really don't know any other companies bar Tony's Chocoloni who I talked to last week who are awesome and I know you like them too uh, I don't know any fashion brands uh, in particular who have that inspiration so what a, what a great place to be starting Kindred from. So then fast forward to 2018, you did decide to start your own fashion label. So what brought you to that place? And how did you feel about starting? And where did you, where did you start? How did you start? Kindred actually kind of started, it, it was probably a continuation of my graduate, like my final collection. And so during uni, I um, like the first two years, you kind of just try all kinds of things. And then in your final year, you and really focus in on, on what you want to um, yeah, like focus on. So I, um, my special, I, I specialize in um, knitwear with fashion. And um, so I, from probably from the, the very beginning, beginning of my final year, I knew I kind of wanted to like this story to be a real part of that project as well. So that was really the basis for my whole graduate collection. It was all created with locally sourced linen and um yeah it was um just all, it was really all about the fabric so the whole collection was um really minimal in terms of design and color and everything was kind of like tones of white and creams and just really simple it was all about the the story and and the the actual real like history and heritage and um, of, of the linen i had kind of sourced so yeah, I, I guess um, then I, I probably see my graduate collection as almost a, a bit of a, a foundation for the brand that I kind of in the back of my mind wanted to create one day. Um, and then I, so I graduated and then about a year later, this lady contacted me and she owned a, a really beautiful shop in Banbridge. Um, which is local here and um, and she had just asked me if I had thought of creating any pieces for shops or retail or anything which I hadn't at that point I, I kind of just I, you know whenever you leave uni you're not really sure what kind of direction you're going to take so she gave me that opportunity and I created a small collection for her shop which sold really well it was it was really just pieces that I had um, adapted from my final collection um, and I'd added new elements of like um 
hand painting and, and little parts that kind of like developed it slightly. So it sold really well in her shop and people seemed to really love it. So I then just, that was kind of how Kindred was born. I just kind of continued with that. And Instagram is amazing for building these kind of businesses. It's, it's just a, a platform that immediately kind of opens you up to such a wide audience and um, so that's been amazing for me kind of building my profile on, on Instagram and then um, my website I, I only really created my website like a year after that um, and yeah it's just kind of been from there I've kind of built on on like each kind of collection. Well, for anyone who isn't familiar with you, I urge you to get onto Instagram because you make the most stunning dresses, shirts, and they're so elegant. Like you can tell that they're, they're steeped in heritage and history, uh, but they're so feminine and so beautiful. And the details on them are just really, really special. So everyone, once you go on, you'll just be like lost in a world of Instagram. <laughs> it's awesome. And it's great to hear that that's been a good boost because I think everyone is kind of sick of social media at the moment, but you're right, especially for, for a label like yours that's small, you know, it has this amazing potential to reach people all over the world. I'm definitely like, I don't think I would be kind of where I am without it. It's, as you say, there's a lot of like there's pros and cons to any kind of social media platform but but the kind of community and the people you connect with like you for example we connected through Instagram like it's just such a a great tool if it when it's used well and correctly. So you've been working on all the collections and it sounds like it evolved really organically and naturally but in the midst of all that you've been weaving as you said your your kind of plight to help um against slavery and trafficking through it and I know you work with a charity called Flourish can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah so um, Flourish are an amazing charity up here in Northern Ireland who and they're kind of what their focus is on the aftercare and so whenever their clients kind of break out of trafficking that I guess a, a lot of people and probably I would have seen it as this that that's like the first and most important step but it is only the first step there's so much of a journey and um, towards healing and and kind of rebuilding your life after that just living with that kind of trauma and all of the the kind of horrible things that those people have, have gone through so what Flourish do is they provide a like really tailored long-term aftercare support for their clients and um, which is incredible so they will work alongside them to kind of help them and like you know kind of get, work through their different documents and um, for like benefits and um, they'll they also have every Wednesday in their office they have like a, a drop-in and um, where their clients can come in and get things like food that are is like has been donated by local and like local shops or whatever and and clothing and kind of anything that they need whether it be housing or anything like that they kind of really work alongside them to help them get to that point of of really rebuilding their life and and yeah it's it's incredible what they do and it's so, so important at such an important stage of of their clients and journey. I can imagine as you say breaking free of trafficking is such a huge deal but then how do you get back on track and get back into society and rebuild your life you're so right that's obviously a stage that you need so much support and understanding and community for 
So what an awesome charity. I actually had never heard of them, but I know you're doing something really special with them this week. And this podcast is going out this week, especially to highlight the project that you're working on. So I can't wait to tell people about it and get everyone involved. Yeah, it flourished like probably like any charity during the last year have, have seen probably significant kind of decrease in their overall um, funding and support just because they can't hold events like they were able to in previous years and they would rely a lot on coffee mornings and kind of things like that to, to raise their funds. So um, the, I have um, for, for Anti-Slavery Day, which is coming up on the 18th, I decided to create a scrunchie, like a limited edition kind of scrunchie, which um, of which 100% of the and um, the cost will go directly to flourish and um, so the aim is to raise a thousand pounds for them and um, to go towards different kind of needs that, that they have for their clients and um, but it I, I would love to just raise as much money as possible for them because I know the money is it really makes such a huge difference in the lives of their clients you can go towards like Christmas presents for their kids and it's just like it's it's a real and it just really makes it a huge difference any kind of money donated so yeah and the the scrunchie is um it's really pretty it's got like a little embroidered flower on it and and the idea is that you would donate 25 pounds to flourish but then get a scrunchie for for that as well so yeah it's it's such, it's such a gorgeous idea and I love that it's so attainable and achievable you know it's not an awful lot of money it's the price of probably a takeaway or you know a night out which we don't get to enjoy at the moment but it's such a great such a great initiative so I'll be sharing all of the details obviously and encouraging people and it is so gorgeous when did you start working with them and yes so I am um, actually a, a really close friend of mine Steph she has worked for them for quite a long time so that was probably the initial and um, connection I had with the charity and then um, just with my kind of past and my previous experience in China and everything I I came back from that trip really wanting to um, get involved in a, in a local context and with things like regarding trafficking and raising awareness and um, so they were a charity who were doing something that really um, was very similar to what I had experienced in China and so I got kind of connected with them at that point and then um, we I, I launched Kindred and then I worked alongside Flourish um, to create a tote bag so they started um, this program called the Sew and Skill Program um, where a lot of their clients actually um, had really amazing like seamstress skills and um, mm. but like didn't have the the means to kind of use them they didn't have sewing machines or whatever so and um, as well as that sewing and you like you know yourself any kind of creative kind of process it's so good for your mind and it's just in in that that journey towards kind of healing it, it has played such a an important role in the lives of their clients like even just being able to kind of it, for that sense of community which flourish kind of builds so well and if you go into their drop-in or whatever I was actually in there and um, on Wednesday past doing like a, a workshop and um, where the, their clients created their own scrunchie and so it, it, there's just such a, a really lovely buzz and like sense of community that they've created and whenever people kind of come together with like those kind of experiences and like all they've kind of gone through, that is healing in itself, you know, so they're like sitting around the table, they're sewing and it, it's just like, it's like another step and another kind of really therapeutic and um, like process for them. So 
I worked with them to tote bag, um, which will be for sale on my website on Sunday. And, and I kind of de- designed that and then they um, sew that up and all of the profit from that goes straight back into the work of Flourish. So that's another way and um, that you can support Flourish. And also like if you're wanting something to kind of like put your money to an anti-slavery day, whenever you're kind of like hearing about these things, it's, it's something that can make a, a massive difference as well and um, and the tote bag is it's really pretty it's really nice oh, I can't wait to see it I'm gonna head on over to the site after this and have a, <laughs> a good look that is so commendable and such an exciting project and I love that it's so practical and it's adding beauty and creativity to the world while doing something really good so I and I don't think anyone who's listening to this won't be dying to go and check that out and and donate it's such an awesome cause so I wanted to touch back on something that you mentioned earlier, which was that during COVID, you've actually been really busy and you've had lots of orders coming in. And I was wondering if, you know, that is kind of a sign of a greater shift that we're having consciously. A lot of people are saying that they've changed their shopping habits because of the pandemic and because they're not out buying every week, they've taken time to buy maybe one special piece instead. What do you think is the effect and how have you been feeling it? Yeah, well, I guess for me, I, at the beginning of lockdown, I kind of got really disheartened because immediately I kind of thought, oh gosh, this is like, this will set me back like another kind of year. I I feel like this is a time where people aren't really going to want to, you know, they'll just not be interested in buying new things. And, and, but I do really think that lockdown was the very thing that kind of slowed people down and, and maybe just gave people the opportunity and to really kind of research the brands that they were buying into and I guess there's just been so um, much information and everything is so accessible to us on the likes of Instagram and we're being so well educated about things like fast fashion and I, I guess like on the whole I feel like even among my peers there's a real shift and a real desire to invest in quality pieces and and things that you know have been well made well sourced like all the way through you know the supply chain so I guess maybe it was just that thing where people had the time to sit down and really kind of research and the brands that they were buying into but and during lockdown I also had um like a small feature in the Irish Independent and also in Gloss Magazine which was amazing for me those two shout outs got me like a load of orders so um yeah, I guess I, I think it has been and on a personal level, I guess for me, I just had a lot more time to kind of sew into marketing and, and kind of really growing my brand over lockdown. And I, I guess a lot of people have had that opportunity to really pursue things that they probably wouldn't have had time to in, in kind of normal life. So, yeah, but as you say, like on the whole, I, I really think there there is a desire um, to really support local brands, support small brands. I feel like people really see the value in that now, which is incredible for a, a small business like mine, kind of really trying to, to grow at this stage. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it is, it's so encouraging to see people excited about slow fashion and you know, being happy to order something and then wait for it to be made and enjoy the waiting and then really savor getting the piece and know who it's being made by and know how it's been made. I'd love to ask you about your materials because I know your materials are all locally sourced, right? And it's, and it's mostly linen that you work with. It is. So it's pretty much all Irish linen. 
that I work with um, just in, in a kind of, um, just really out of a desire to reduce my own carbon footprint, I kind of, I thought if, if I can really just try to source everything as locally as possible. So the, the ultimate dream would be that every kind of part of the process be completed here in Ireland and it it also allows for me to like build really strong relationships with local linen mills and it's just it I I feel like it really adds to the story and and people I had so many orders from Dublin and people who like I had so many emails from people who like this is so cool like just to know that my um, garment has like been completely designed made the fabric has come from Ireland it's it kind of really adds to the story as well so yeah, and also like you know, for people really wanting to support brands. Do you think I know you mentioned that when you were growing up, that whole industry just felt like it had kind of died and, and gone. Do you think there is a kind of a resurgence and a chance for it to kind of rebuild? I mean, I know or later last year, Alexandra McQueen did an amazing collection and they sourced a lot of their fabrics from places like County Down and up in the north. So do you think it's it's having a resurgence and people are leaning back into those natural materials? Now that we went so far down the road of synthetics and, you know, things coming from far flung places, do you, do you see the resurgence of that kind of industry around you now? For sure, yeah. And yeah, that, that collection by Alexander McQueen was incredible. And, and to think that they actually their team came here to like a small town in Northern Ireland to, to source their fabric is just so cool. Um, but yeah, um, I definitely think on the whole that there is a real um, desire to, to see kind of new life breathed into that industry because it's such a, 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 a part of our like national pride and it's it's just such a, a, a beautiful part of our history that I, I think it's such a shame that it, it did get so kind of lost over the years. But um, definitely now with, with um, you know, with the, the kind of desire for slower fashion, for people really wanting to know where their fabric has been sourced, all of that, I think it's, it's just a really good time for people to kind of dream about that and kind of, um, yeah, like in, invest in, in brands that are maybe using um, locally sourced materials for sure. But it would be, it's definitely a dream of, of mine to see linen completely produced here again, like like it once was years ago. There's a, a, where I'm from in County Turin, there's a really cool couple who I met and who own a farm up in County Tyrone who um, grow flax on their farm. So they're um, wanting to kind of do that whole process from fabric and I met them about a year ago they had bought an old scotching mill which is part of the, the process of creating linen and, and they were kind of um, doing that up in their ultimate dream is, is to create linen and um, from flax here which is really cool so there are and um, a lot of there's a lot of kind of investment into into all of that again which which is really cool and really exciting for, for me to think about and being able to in the future use fabric that has been completely um, created here. It's so exciting to hear that you feel like it's coming back and I'm sure every time you create a piece like that your ancestors are like cheering you on and just so proud (laughs) that you're continuing such an amazing tradition. Well Amy thank you so much for taking the time and I'm so excited about your collaboration with Flourish. I really hope you hit your target and beyond. I'm sure you will but for anyone who is uh, looking to get involved where can they buy the both the scrunchie and the tote from? So if you go to my um, website which is 
kindredofireland.com and you can find the link in my Instagram, which is kindredofireland. Um, but you'll be able to buy the scrunchie through there and also the tote bag um, on Sunday. So yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time and keep in touch. Good luck with everything. And thank you so much for the chat. Thank you. It was so nice to chat to you, Joe. Thank you for your time. 